0: Discover a place of cloud-wreathed mountains and bustling cities, of sparkling seas and forgotten ruins, of trackless deserts and lush jungles. A world of vastly different countries lies open for exploration. History and legend intertwine as heroes and villains arise. Many here hold on to the old stories of magic and of creatures that no one alive today has seen. Are they real or simply a way to explain the inexplicable? Only time will tell. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon.
1: This is Rhett, the DM for Stack of Dice, and I am here with the crew, and we will introduce ourselves shortly. We are excited to get this kicked off finally. And uh, before we start, I just have a few things I want to mention. First of all, uh, we're just, I, I'm, I'm personally very excited that we finally have the sound equipment, that we have all the stuff we need to get this going. And I know at least one other person here <laughs> is excited to be getting going with this. yes. Uh, I do want to say up front that this first episode is going to be a little bit light on dice rolling. It's going to be more focused on role-playing because Meredith is fairly new to the game. So we're just trying to ease into the interaction aspect and trying to get comfortable with talking to each other. So that'll be a fun part of the game. Uh, So you won't hear a lot of clanking of the dice on the table this time. That will change in future episodes. At the end of this episode, I do want to go over some quick thank yous for a few of the folks who have been involved so far in the show. Uh, But before we actually get going, I do want to take a moment to go around the table, introduce who you are and who your character is, and we'll go from
2: there. Meredith?
3: Hi, I'm Meredith. I will be playing Tira Ironstag, a barbarian mountain dwarf.
2: Hi, I'm Michael, and I will be playing Womberbash Bensonmum. I am a mystic hermit. I'm Thane. I will be playing
0: Peter Greyhawk, the human cleric. Right on. Who's ready to tell a story? I am. (laughs) Me. Consensus.
1: All right. Womberbash, why don't you describe your living conditions? Where, Where do you live? What do you see in your mind?
2: I live in a forest, um, and I see the forest sort of like the um, forest where the Califud red, uh, Redwoods are, and um, my particular uh, domicile is actually uh, sort of halfway inside of one of the trees, and so it's large enough for me to have sort of like a small one-room area coming sort of out of the trees, and there's moss that grows down the bark and grows over on uh, essentially the roof of my of my little hut, so to speak, and um, the, the room itself is just big enough for, I would say, say um half half a twin size bed so just enough so so someone can actually just cuddle up and into a corner and on the other side i have a small little stone um you couldn't even call it a fireplace it more of it's just like a fire pit um and that's pretty much about it and my door is actually um just pieces of of um uh very rough cut wood, uh, sort of uh, bound together by some, by some cord. And, and so I can just pull it shut. It doesn't really even have like a real doorknob or door hanger or anything like that whatsoever.
1: Okay. On this particular day, you are outside <laughs> just attending to some things around where you live <clears throat> and you, uh, you're, in particular, looking at an object that I've asked you to think of.
2: What is that object? It's a small, small silver spoon. It's it's solid still silver, and there's a crest on it. And I'm not really sure where the, what the crest means or from where it comes or how I even came about this, but it is, is, is a small silver spoon. And I like it because of the reflective light and the smoothness of the texture. And I just keep rubbing over it with my fingers and my thumbs. All right. And how long have you been doing that? Uh, for about 35 years. No, I'm just joking. Um, uh, about, about... Basically two years, essentially. Right. So even in that short amount
1: of time, the, the spoon itself has gotten tarnished, and but you've worn it smooth in that particular exactly. area, shiny. so there's the shine coming through that, that area. But right. other than that, it's just pretty grimy. Yeah. You are out—so
2: what are you doing in the vicinity of your home? I'm basically uh, rummaging for some mushrooms. I want to make a mushroom um, um, dish because mushroom is my favorite. Okay.
1: So after your long time in this, in this area, you don't know a name for it, but the locals around the area know it as Grip Hook Forest. You are out there foraging, uh, and it's, it's one of those rare days where the sunlight is just filtering through the trees. It is mid-spring, so it's not as cold at night as it usually is, uh, but it, it feels like an extra special day. When suddenly you hear
2: a crack behind you, what is that? I, I don't, I don't understand what that would be. I'm sitting there, and as you spin motion.
1: around, you you whirl about just in time to see something flashing down at you, and that's the last thing you know. Uh, you uh, you have vague glimpses over the next few minutes of being bumped around as you're dragged somewhere, and you hear voices talking low but the last thing you remember before you lapse into complete unconsciousness is uh, you're being dumped alongside a road, and that's it. Mm. With that, we are going to pull out of the forest up into the air and scoot just a few miles north to a little town called Arden. And I want to give a a quick description of that town. The village of Arden is a picturesque settlement in the south-central part of a country called Moraga. It lies at the foot of the Three Sisters, a mountain range from which three peaks in particular rise above the others. Even on summer days, their tall, angular heights are often snow-clad, and the people of Arden love living here. Many are quick to say they feel a sense of protection at their feet. The large Arden River flows through the town, its brown waters relatively wide and placid after the tumble and rush of the narrower river that races down from the north where the highland escarpment drops off into the lowlands. More than 20 small but comfortable homes are grouped together on and around a unique land feature. It's called the Rock, a small but formidable cliff that juts up at an angle where the small bubbling rime rill flows into the Arden. so there's two rivers coming together here. Homes are made chiefly of the fieldstone that is so abundant in this area, but wood has been worked into them in places, generally as a visual indicator that the owners have some money. There's a small chapel located near the center of town, and a small market that is a regional market sets up every other week in the Flagstone Plaza next to it. The last item of note is the Mayoral Mansion. It's a large two-story building that rises at the end of the rock. It's the only defensible place in town with a rough but sturdy palisade fence, separating it from the rest of the village. Now you, Tira, are a dwarf, and your family is just coming off of A very traumatic event. Only a week or two earlier, the Delve, that's what the dwarves call their their minds in this world, uh, but the Delve collapsed. And even though uh, so much happened in that time, uh, you as dwarves tend not to talk about these things. uh, The dwarven tendency is to bottle them up. Uh, And As much as possible, your father, Finnulf Firmhand Ironstag, who is the the clan leader, has tried to keep business going pretty much as usual. Fortunately, I suppose, a lot of the ore that you had extracted from the mines just before the collapse uh, was out being processed. And so there was a large amount of ore that was ready to be shipped. And basically, you and one other person are there to watch as the wagon train heads north to the large city of Flynnmore. Uh, so you are standing there with none other than the mayor of the town of Arden, and his name is Chiswick Gardarock. Well, Tira, I am so very glad to see that this is finally happening. I I, I know your family's been through a lot, and I, I want to tell you something. I, I hope I didn't overstep my bounds by... Uh, sending the, the militia to come help. Um, I, I know I know you lost a lot.
3: That's all right, Mayor. Um, you know we're used to fending for ourselves, but even in emergency situations like this, we can make exceptions.
1: The Mayor is young and he's full of energy, and as he speaks with you, his intelligent eyes seem to be darting everywhere, taking in details, information of everything he's looking at. Uh, he, he speaks to you enthusiastically and with a gusto that most of the people in town don't typically display. He wears a sky blue tunic and soft brown leather pants that look both comfortable and well tailored. His only concession to the cool spring weather is a brown cloak, though he keeps the cowl down. So his curly light brown hair catches the morning sunlight and he moves with a spring in his step. Well, uh, if there's anything else the people of Arden can do to assist the dwarves, believe me, we want to be the ones to do it.
3: I appreciate that, but we can we're used to taking care of our own. But thank you, Mayor.
1: Well, you know, it. it you've just been so helpful to us, especially you, Tira. I, I love how you how you make efforts to come out of your of your dwarven clan and, and come talk to us. And, and, you know, if more of the dwarves were like you, I think there'd be a lot more unity between our people.
3: I think I'm a bit unique amongst our people in that respect. You certainly would never catch my father down here like this. Yeah.
1: He rolls his eyes a little bit jokingly, but, uh, and at that moment you hear footsteps coming from behind you. Uh, you are, you are, let me back up just a bit in this world, the dwarves, um, by habit, build a defensible position outside where they're going to build a mine eventually. And in this case, hundreds of years ago, they built a, what they call a first home, and they gave it the name of Thandul. But uh, this first home is, uh, imagine a hill with the top chopped off of it, and then a bowl dug down inside. The first home is a, uh, It's a defensible position that you build just before you start actually digging your delve. And so you are in Thandal watching the the wagons begin to trundle out of the gate and head north to Flynnmore to sell the last shipment of ore that, that you're going to have. And meanwhile, your father is busy trying to find a new location to dig. It may be here or it may be elsewhere. And of course, Chizik is very interested in keeping the dwarves here because your presence has been good for their continued success uh, but the footsteps coming from behind you are your father you can tell by the steady tread and as he comes up you can see he 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 looks at Chizik kind of with a an appraising eye looking up at him and he he kind of harumps and he says well Tira this is it this is the last shipment
3: uh it's good to have it. It's good to have it off, Dad. I mean, we need. Do we get money for this? Are we selling it money? We definitely need the money that this ore is going to bring in, and I'm sure you'll find a new dig site soon. Well,
1: uh, The process is slow and. I don't know. We've, we've been sending riders out to try and find new locations, but at that, Chizik kind of steps back a little bit. But we'll see, I consider this home, and I sure would like to stay here.
3: Well, the deposits in our old Delve were so rich, I can't imagine that there's not more somewhere nearby.
1: Yes, but there's also the associations.
3: I know. For me too.
1: Ah, We'll get through this. Uh, Mayor, it's good to see you. At that, Chizik kind of tries to suppress a grin. And then he bows slightly to your father and says, Good to see you, too. I wish you the best. Uh, Oh, and he, another figure that's standing just a little bit behind the mayor kind of clears his throat. And that is the mayor's scribe. His name is Timon. And where the, the mayor is kind of carefree and happy about getting out and talking to people, shaking hands and getting that face-to-face exposure to people. Uh, Timon is the one who keeps him on track. He makes sure that he stays with his schedule so he accomplishes everything. And this was this was the mayor's idea to have a scribe He's not obligated to have one, but the scribe helps keep him on track and make sure that he's doing what he needs to be doing. Uh, And just at that moment, there is a loud sound. It's it's loud in the sense that it carries all the way up here. But from the town of Arden, which is not far off, only about a half mile to the south, there's the sound of a trumpet and at that both Tim and Anne the scribe or Tim and the scribe and Chizik, the mayor perk up and look, shoot a concerned glance at each other. And Chizik says, Oh no, uh, we need to be going. Tira.
3: What is it mayor? Uh,
1: that's a, that's a, that's a sign. Uh, the, the militia uses certain signs and this is a sign that someone has been injured. I need to get back to town.
3: Would you like me to come with you?
1: Uh, yes but you need to be quick Uh, do you need to bring anything
3: no i'm ready to go now
1: okay uh uh, yes uh i'm I'm gonna go ahead and go uh because your father looks like he wants to say something to you uh and at that finnulf you can see kind of a a cloudy expression pass over his face and he says "Tira, my girl you're spending too much time with these humans
3: Dad, things can't go on as they have in the past, wherein circumstances have changed. They're, they've been very helpful to us since the since the mine collapse.
1: The, uh, your father, he, he cast his eyes down at the ground. They have.
3: I almost thought you were getting to come around, Dad. You were almost downright friendly to Tizik just now.
1: You see him dig his toe into the ground. There will always be a divide between humans and dwarves.
3: Perhaps that does not mean that we can't assist each other from time to time.
1: Fine, go. Just come back soon. Yes, sir. And he goes stumping off and you can see, almost see his ears burning red under his hair. Uh, With that, uh, you're free to head on out. So you pass through the the thick oaken gates and wind your way down to the base of the first home and head south. And at this moment, we're going to cut into Arden. And yes. Peter, you are
0: doing your daily chores. What, what do those chores consist of? Uh, I am currently sorting out all of our herbs right now, figuring out which ones are currently uh, usable, and which ones need to be thrown away. All right, so
1: you've been out picking this morning. Have you been gathering herbs? Yes. Okay. All right, so you are out gathering herbs, and you, you, you're just basically seeing, oh, this one's a little too wilted, that kind of thing, when suddenly you and the physic, the the person who's in charge of the chapel in town, both hear the trumpet sound, and you immediately realize, oh, no, somebody's been injured. And uh, this this is a drill that happens occasionally, uh, but there was no prior notice that there would be a drill. So you you understand that this is a real event. And while you have treated people in the past, you know, oh no, this is this is for real. And dealing with injuries is never an easy thing. And after about three or four minutes, uh, you hear the the sounds of a of a heavy wagon rattling up to the front door of the chapel. And voices outside uh they they're shouting to each other, and then you hear uh, footsteps splashing down, and the physic goes to the front door and throws it open mm-hmm. and you can see guards uh militia uh, out they're they're gently taking a body down out of the wagon and they uh they they lower him to the ground and bring him inside, and the physic is already dispatching you into the treatment room Mm -hmm. to prepare the the treatment table okay i go in and do so i guess yeah all right Uh, and so they shift the body carefully and lay it on the table and interestingly it's a it's a person you have never seen you've been here in arden all your life and Mm -hmm. tyra you've been around of course you're not even here uh but you've never seen this person before so when they lay him out on the table your, your first instinct is to kind of be surprised. <laughs> Who is this? Yeah, exactly. All right. And so the physic begins busying himself. He he goes over to a bowl and he washes his hands and scrapes some of the... He just makes sure that he's nice and clean for what's about to follow. And he I tells you... I go over to my little bowl
0: that's right next to his. <laughs> have a little and bit wash of, your littler hands. I have, I have a little bit of trouble trying to fit my hands into a bowl, but I, I get my hands okay. clean All right. enough.
1: And after that... Uh, you go back to inspect the figure on the table and you can see that he has a very sizable bump on on his head and some blood also. And of mm. course, with head wounds, they always look worse than they actually are. But it, this looks pretty bad. All right. So what what are your
0: actions? I stand ready for physic to tell me what I should go and do. All right. Well, a lot of this you have practiced beforehand. So you,
1: you kind of know your role. Oh. Uh, and so a lot of in the evenings, sometimes when there's not much going on, you'll, you'll, he'll give you a scenario and the two of you work through it. Uh, so this is not something new to you. So you're, you're, you're actually laying tools out. There's all sorts of things that you're, you're busy with, but the physic leans over the, over the, the man there on the table. And he's already kind of murmuring to himself. Oh, this, hmm. It's it's obvious that he's assessing before he starts treatment, and then after he seems to have the idea of what it's going to be, he begins
0: telling you, uh, prepare the poultice. Yes, sir. I rush off to the supply room to grab the stuff and make the thing. All right, stuff is grabbed and things are made. <laughs>
1: and uh, after a little bit, uh, by the time you get back, the the physic has wiped much of the blood away and is uh, in the process of stitching uh but there's no sign of movement from the body on the table uh, he he's obviously alive the, the pulse is there and strong uh, it's not like he, his life is in danger but uh, he is definitely out mm. uh why don't you give me a quick constitution check there michael Fifteen. All right. You begin to feel hands shifting your head slightly, and it seems like it's the last thing in the world that you want happening right right now. Every movement is an agony, and you're just you feel courses of pain just run through you every time they shift you. And underneath it all is this dull ache that just seems to run through your whole body. Uh, so, Wamverbash, as you're as you're slowly gaining consciousness uh, the first thing you really begin to see is a bright light shining down from above you
2: oh uh, 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 please please stop please uh, don't 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 move no don't move me like that ah uh, oh the, the, it's really bright in here can i, I need something to cover my face I, I i can't see really there's it's too does anybody see my mushrooms i need my mushrooms
1: peter you're hearing all this what do you
2: is he waking up? Uh, easy, boy. Easy, easy.
1: Says the physic.
2: I, 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 I was. I, I can't. Can I need to cover cover my face? Cover my face. I can't see. It's too bright in here. I grab a cloth
0: and drape it over the man's face. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. You, the light goes quite a bit dimmer. You can still see light coming through it. This but smells
2: weird. This this cloth smells weird. Where 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 am I? I, I don't. Who who are you? Sorry. You're in the town of Arden. Uh, we
0: are we are um we we are followers of of Shong.
2: We are helping you. What what is your name? I'm Peter. Peter, I I need to go. Like, um I, can you leave me out of here please? I'm I'm sorry, we can't do that. You have Just, just take it course? easy.
1: Uh, why why don't we get some food into you? Or do you feel that you could take some? I, I I don't I'm not I don't feel
2: like eating. First of all, you, you've had a very nasty cut on your head. Well, uh, my head hurts. Actually, it hurts really badly. Actually, my whole my body hurts.
1: We're going to do what we can to make you feel better, but it's going to take a little bit of time. Are, are you are you comfortable?
2: Well, I, I'd be more comfortable if I wasn't in here. I can can I leave, please? Well, not yet. We we need to make sure that you're. That you're okay before we can just let you go. What, did, uh, what about my mushrooms? Have you seen the mushrooms? It took me forever to find those. No, no mushrooms. Well, we do have food here. Do you have mushrooms?
1: Did you gather some mushrooms recently? No, I don't think so. No, um... Should I grow them crapsil? You know where to find my money. Uh, why don't you run and see if we can find some at, at, the, at the market.
0: Yes, sir. Please, please,
2: no, 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 no red ones with the white dots. No, no, no those don't, those don't work well with me. <laughs> those are for swerves. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: I grab his purse, which is yeah somewhere. That's all right. You got and it. I just go off to the market right. to haggle and barter. Yeah. As as he leaves
1: the room, he opens a door to go outside, and uh, you can feel. Just a quick waft of that fresh air coming in from outside, and it helps kind of soothe you a little bit. You're still in an unfamiliar place, but just that quick connection with the outdoors helps you to feel a little bit better. It smells funny in here. Uh, it it does. Uh, where are you from?
2: I'm f- I'm from the forest. The forest. Uh, ooh, you mean Gripok? I I just I just know that's my place. That's my house. Interesting. Um. How long have you been there? A long time.
1: A long time. I see. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I, I believe what we, we've done, what we can here. At, we do have some comfortable rooms off to the side. May mm-hmm. I take
2: you to a bed where you'll be? How far? How? Far, I'm not really sure how far away. I. I. I think I'd be better at my my house. I think uh, I might be. I feel better and everything. I understand, but
1: I have an obligation now. Uh, you're under my care, and I just want to make sure that that you're you're fully. Rested and well before I let you go back to your home. Believe me, I want you to go back home. Do you have any water? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he he has a basin there, not, not the hand-washing basin, a different one. And he pours you a, a quick cup of water there. This water smells funny. <laughs> uh, sometimes head wounds can cause you to smell different things. Uh, but for now, this is the best we can do for you. You smell funny. <laughs> <laughs> I do, perhaps. And he guides you off the edge of the bed to the floor. And as soon as your feet touch the floor, in fact, as, as soon as you're sitting up, it feels like the world is spinning around. Even, uh, even a, with the cloth still over your eyes, uh, you can feel your head spinning.
2: My head is really hurting and I feel dizzy. Uh, come this way. Here, I'll see what I can do for
1: you. And he he guides you to a bed. Now, you, you said you have a bed in your
2: home in the forest. What kind of bed is that? It's just a it's just a, a, a rudimentary bed. Um, stick structure with some some leaves and, and uh, evergreen thistle you know needles and stuff on it nothing nothing elaborate
1: all right so uh as soon as you rest on the edge of this bed
2: this is one of the softest things i think i've ever seen <laughs> See, yeah it smells good uh well, but then why well,
1: don't you why don't you lie down and uh here here here's a pillow and he, he fluffs this giant thing under you and it it's like what settling into a cloud must feel like
2: this feels good.
1: <laughs> this smells good. Uh good? Good. Um, uh, Peter should be back any moment now. Let's see. Oh, what's the last thing you remember? How did you get this this cut on your head?
2: I don't I don't really remember anything other than I was I was looking for my mushrooms. And then I I heard something, and then when I turned around, I saw, I guess, like a flash, and then I I remember seeing some things, but not really knowing what they were, and then I woke up here with this headache and my body aching. Hmm. I come back.
1: Okay, uh, you come in, and as you're actually approaching the chapel, you see two figures headed—well, three figures— Uh, two up front and one trailing slightly behind approaching the entrance to the chapel and you recognize the mayor and a dwarf interestingly you don't see many of them ever in arden Mm. who's the third oh oh his scribe the scribe yeah okay
0: hello mayor oh hello peter uh how are you today pretty good except Uh, that we just got a a man oh he's already here oh okay um who who is it I have no idea. I've never seen him. He just came from, I don't know, um, but uh, Physic is dealing with him right now. Uh, is it okay if we come in? I guess. Uh, uh, oh, this is Tira, by the way. Oh, uh, Tira, pleased to meet you. Hello. I, sh- I, I, I extend my hand. That's up to you.
3: I give him an appraising look, but take it.
1: She takes your hand.
0: I mean, I shake his hand. Just
3: advance the story a little bit. (laughs) There's
0: a loud plop as it comes right Um. Okay. I I open the door for them.
1: Okay. uh, The cool entrance to the chapel lies beyond, and uh, you can hear voices coming from further back in the chapel. Uh, The chapel is mainly. Uh, almost like a tiny hospital with an actual, it does serve as a chapel too. Um, so occasionally there'll be small events held, but for the most part, it, it does serve as the place to go for injuries or sicknesses. And you you head in, uh, you make a beeline straight for the back and mm-hmm. the, the mayor and his scribe and you, Tara, just kind of hang back a little bit to make sure that it's okay. And after a moment, you do hear the physics... Weak voice call out, "Uh, "Come on back!" So the mayor does walk toward the treatment room, and uh, as he steps in, okay, great. So you're you're just keeping pace with him. Yeah, oh yeah. So you you step in, and off to the side, uh, uh, there's there's two treatment room or wards on either side of the main treatment room. Uh, So off to the right, uh, you, you see the physic coming out of one of the wards, and he's. Uh, Mayor, how are you? Oh, quite well. Uh, Have you met Tira before? Uh, Tira, no, no. Pleased to meet you. Physic? Uh, Physic Comfrey.
3: Comfrey. Physic Comfrey. I understand you have a stranger back in there. I do. (laughs) Has he said anything about where he came from, or how he got injured?
1: He said he lives in a forest near here. I'm assuming it's Griphook.
3: That's the nearest forest, it would make sense. But no one's ever seen him? No one here. I
2: don't like him here. I smell mushrooms. You
0: hear a voice drifting out <laughs> of the ward room. <laughs> I, 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 you know, realize at the start that I'm carrying a basket and I um, open the door and go in. Okay. okay. The, oh, I,
2: I smell it. Those, those are, those are f- f- funnel-looking m- mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, those are my favorite. Can, can you bring them here? Bring them here. Please, please. Uh, here, Sorry. here, Mr. Uh, uh, what, 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 what is your name? My name is Walmer Bash. Womber Bash Benson, mom. Here you go, Mr. Bensimum, and I just give you the basket. Oh, these are actually like quite a lot smaller than I get. I normally get them pretty big, pretty much bigger, and the forest. You know you can get them better in the forest. They're a lot bigger. Uh, these are kind of on the small side. Actually, they don't, they don't smell as fresh. Where did you get these? From the market. Yeah, you, you start picking them fresh. They're a lot better fresh.
1: Uh, from the, the physic hears you talking, and he, he comes in and lays a soothing hand on your shoulder. I,
2: do you want these prepared or are you okay with uh, them yes 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 but you don't know how to prepare them i think if i went home i think i could do a little bit better job although i might not use these at all and throw them out i think i got better ones at home <laughs> we can't let him out of here why not
1: says says Chizik.
3: because we don't know who he is and there's clearly something wrong with him if nothing else he's been injured there's been an incident whoever did this to him could be waiting for him back there we have to find out more before we let him go
1: i agree uh and and uh, physic, I mean, he—you certainly aren't going to let him go, right? Oh no, no! Says the Physic. Uh, we're we're going to keep him at least overnight. And overnight. Sure-
2: Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't. I didn't mean to drop any eaves. But you said I was staying here <laughs> overnight. <laughs> I, I, I can't stay here. I, I don't really feel comfortable here. As a matter of fact, I'm not really comfortable in this room. Uh, can we go outside, please? You had problems walking to the bed, and that's only a distance of ten I, feet. I, I, th- I think I feel, I feel. I think I feel a little bit better now.
1: Peter, would you mind helping him walk? I just want to watch for just a moment. Yes, sir.
2: Yes, I, I feel much better. I feel I feel a lot better actually. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So again, sitting up where you were just kind of somewhat reclining on the bed. Maybe, 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 maybe I'm a little dizzy. Maybe, now let me let me just let me just sit here just yeah. for just for a moment just for a moment. But I'll, I'll be leaving soon. You, yes.
1: You're in no state to leave right now. Listen, it, you can get a comfortable sleep on a bed. Uh, you said you like that and. Uh, we can make some hot food for you. Uh, the, we we have good recipes for these mushrooms, and even though they're small, the smaller ones do actually pack quite a bit more flavor in them. Uh, why don't you let us make them?
2: Okay, uh, okay, uh, please make them. But make them the way I like them, please.
1: How, how do you like them?
2: I, I, don't, I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll see what I can do with them. I take the basket and go to the nearest inn or restaurant or Okay. Whenever. So
1: what, Peter, what would you like to tell the, the chef or the cook at the tavern, the great stag, uh, what, what, how are you going to tell them to prepare them?
0: Uh, <laughs> um, just <laughs> do the good luck and do the best you can on the, <laughs> Make anything.
1: <laughs> All right. So there's the the cook there at the tavern is a rather large lady named Matilda, and she as she opens the back door, which is the door into the kitchen. That's where they do a lot of their deliveries to the Great Stag. Uh, she opens the door and says, "Oh, if it isn't Peter
0: Greyhawk." Hello, oh, Miss Matilda.
1: Oh, what you got
0: there? Uh, some mushrooms uh i uh i knew these made r- really well made just, just like made into something i I guess um. <laughs> made into something you guess i don't know like a, a soup or a <laughs> casserole or something i'll see what i can do to st- <laughs>
1: has never made anything in his life. Matilda's famous think, mushroom casserole. I think, <laughs> think Fane has never made anything in his life. <laughs>
2: Try my mushroom casserole. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mm mm, good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the soup sounds like a good idea. I mean, I think if she knows if she knows it's for an injured person, then a soup would be a good idea. Yeah, if, yeah. for if, an
0: injured person. <laughs> oh
3: well, why didn't you say
1: so? <laughs> so uh, she takes the basket from you and she kind of picks one of them up appraisingly and then puts it back and says, "I'll be right back." Uh, okay, I'll yeah. And uh, so you're standing outside in the back, or you've stepped inside just into the kitchen, but you can hear her already clanking around and and pots and things and water pouring in and so forth. And before long, there is a very savory smell arising. Uh, And after a bit, she comes back and says, One
0: mushroom casserole right here. (laughs) (laughs) I look her down in the eyes and say... (laughs) Thanks, Matilda. <laughs> she gives you a big wink. You got it, Peter.
1: <laughs> so you now have a, a piping hot pan of mushroom casserole
0: to bring back. <laughs> uh, I take it back. <laughs> All right.
1: So you, you enter the uh, the chapel. <laughs> And uh, almost immediately, the smell of mushrooms and casserole (laughs) fill fill the the treatment room. Uh, And sure enough, Peter comes in, and he's kind of doing one of these things, trying to hold both sides and let his fingers cool. (laughs) And he sets the tray down on a table next to your bed.
2: And you see, not the way I like it. (laughs) I send it back. (laughs) I guess it smells okay. Let me let me try let me try some. Is there a, is there meat in this by any chance? Uh, is there?
0: When you prepared this, what did you do? I, I don't know. I guess she I guess our cook just did you, something. You with didn't him prepare meat. this? I didn't know. It smells good.
1: <laughs> so he all you have is your fingers right now. <laughs> I...
2: That's fine. I'll use my fingers. It's hot. Uh, it's very hot. Oh, I, I'll go and get yeah, you a fork. Yeah, that's fine. You got a fork. Do you have any dandelion leaf by any chance?
0: I'll, I'll go outside. No, you, that's that would be a part of your, uh, the things oh. you gather. Okay, I go into our storeroom and get some dandelion leaf. Things are always better with dandelion leaf. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. So yeah, uh, you now yeah. have a small pile of dandelion leaf. And you're
2: watching this, Tira, Just kind of. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know what to I
3: mean, make of all, I all this. I normally have a
2: soup. I don't know what this is. I <laughs> think it's like a casserole, but I'm not really sure what a casserole is. But I think I normally have a soup. I hope this is good. But the dandelion leaf should make it better. So let me put some on top. Of it. Yeah, I eat mean, it. It's actually quite hot. It's actually a little too hot. I'm not really sure why. Is he talking made it to so hot. anyone in here?
3: Who is he talking to? His
2: kind I of shrugs, really and, I'm just, I'm and really the really pepper looks pepper, a little concerned. Too much pepper can be too much, but uh, can, can I help you? No, no, no! I'm fine. I'm, this is my food. I, I think they made it for me.
1: They did. They did indeed.
2: Uh, I mean, you certainly can have some, but there's only a little bit, so I want most of it.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's all yours. I, I want you to have it. Uh, here, here, why don't you try a bite? And he he puts a fork in and he lifts it to you. I don't.
2: I don't really use a fork. I mean, is there any way I could have a spoon? My spoon. Or where's or my spoon? Th- I can't find my spoon. I, I need. I need my spoon. Where? where uh, did anybody see a spoon? Uh, I need my spoon. Is Does anybody see a spoon? It's a small spoon.
3: I'm sure we can get you a spoon. No, no,
2: no, no. I need my spoon. Where is my spoon? There's no sign of it. I had had it with me. I've got to go back. I've got to get my spoon.
3: You're not going back just for a spoon. We have spoons. No, no, no,
2: no. I I need my spoon. I can't believe this. I lost my spoon. I need the spoon. I can't even eat this without the spoon. What am I going to do without the spoon? I need the spoon. There's a mushroom side, uh, there's what is mushroom wrong with
1: him? Uh, why, don't, why don't you take one of your dandelion leaves and and maybe you can you use it
2: to, to grab some? I spoon. Can, I, um, can, can, you get, can you go get my spoon? It's in the forest. Peter, why
0: don't you go get
2: his spoon?
0: <laughs> Winking profusely. Uh, yes.
2: Uh, <laughs> okay. I had it with me. I had it on me. Uh, what does your spoon look like? It's small and it's it's. I believe it's made of silver, but it's black, and I, I I rub on it, and it's silvery.
3: Peter, it's a spoon. Just go get him a spoon.
0: Okay. I rush off and find a spoon. <laughs> All right. His <laughs> quote-unquote spoon. <laughs> One,
1: your spoon.
2: <laughs> this is not my spoon. My spoon off. has a crust on it.
0: I back off. Uh,
2: I, I, I have to go. I have to go. I need to, I need to get my spoon. It's all out there alone.
3: Whoa. And I'm just kind of, I'm definitely getting, not alarmed, but you know, before it was kind of amusing or uh, just kind of a queer thing that was happening. And now I'm thinking something's, something's really wrong. Something is really wrong with him. And, and something, something of this spoon.
2: I just, I I need my spoon. And he's talking
3: to himself and he is getting hysterical over a spoon.
2: Here, why, why don't you have some of this water, then the physic hands you another cup of water. Smelly water. I'll drink, drink some of the smelly water, I guess, but I need my spoon. I'm not really sure. Would it, will you stop and leave me alone? I understand they're trying to help. Here, here, just, just drink. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: there are sounds of drinking. I <laughs> don't even need battle bars. Anything for my head? I'm still kind of dizzy. Do you have any medicine? Uh, I actually put some medicine in the water for you. Uh, I see. Yes, <laughs> I.
1: I, I cool see. Cool and good. And uh, as you're as you're sitting there, you feel almost like your body is detaching from the earth underneath it. This is nice. The, bells, the
2: bed smells good.
1: And smell before, weird. you know it, your head settles back into the pillow, and the last thing you know is the scent. Of mushroom casserole
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are gonna pick on me about this
1: <laughs> all right tira tizik timon and peter and the the physic i mean this is a crowded room here choke. uh but you you're all standing oh, there kind yeah. of going what in the world
3: what was that
1: well we we don't even know who he is and this is the mayor talking. <laughs> Timmin do you have any knowledge of who this is Timon says no sir <laughs> I don't uh I've I've never seen him before and I've been mayor here for years and my father before him I I've never seen this man before A physic no no sign and he wouldn't give me his name well he did say his name but uh before that he wouldn't tell me and uh you know I I, I've been working here longer than you've been alive, and had never seen him before. Now, we do hear reports from time to time of, of activity in Griphook Forest. That's why I thought perhaps that might be where he's from. Uh, but I just, I don't know. Uh, there are so many scattered homes and settlements between us and the south uh, into the more desert lands, but he could be from any one of those. Uh, I really don't know. And I'm sure I, the the forest is south of us. the The dwarves would have no knowledge of who this is. Uh, I I'm befuddled. <laughs> I'm <am> befuddled. <laughs> More snoring.
3: Yeah. He said he lived in the forest. Nobody lives in the forest.
1: Tisik kind of until we found him. Tisik kind him. of steps back and he says, "Well." There used to be a lot of bandit activity in the forest, uh, but then with enough of the militia activity and so forth, they they ended up going where there was less trouble. But the militia has been reporting recently that these bandits are filtering back. There there could be some bandit presence there, but I mean, look at him. He doesn't look like a bandit.
3: Well, it could have been the bandits who did this to him.
0: He could Could have have. been the mastermind. And got himself smuggled in here. Uh, Peter, that's
1: that's quite a jump. I, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Said Tira. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he certainly doesn't seem to be a threat. Um, I, I don't know. But him wanting to go back, I, if that's his home, I can understand wanting to be home, but...
3: But even... Everyone understands that when you are gravely injured, you have to be seen to first. He, he Something's not right with him. What's with this spoon that he's been going on about? He was really upset when he found that he didn't have his spoon and there was a crest on it. And I don't know. It's just there was so much about everything he said that didn't add up.
1: I agree. I agree. Um. Maybe when he wakes up, a uh, physic, how long should that be? And the physic kind of looks a little sheepish and says, uh, probably three or four hours. I I dosed him pretty well. I
3: thought you were going to say three or four days.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would have been better. I just wanted him to have some rest. He's obviously agitated and uh, maybe some rest will help restore his faculties a little bit and make him a little more coherent and less talk to himself <laughs>
0: less psycho.
1: <laughs> but for, for now, why don't we step out and let him have some peace and quiet?
3: Are you sure it's a good idea to leave him unattended?
1: <laughs> this room is, there's only one entrance to the treatment room.
3: Um, well, then perhaps you should post a guard on the door.
1: Chizik, do you have any militia available? And Chizik, now it's Chiswick's turn to look sheepish, and he says, "Well, physic, you know that wagon train that just left today with the ore and the physic nods, well, we sent almost all the militia with that to make sure it gets to Flynnmore safely. And um, aside from the small band that dropped our friend here off, And they're going to be doing detail work down to the south. Um, We're kind of out of luck. So uh, I suppose. What what about Peter? Could Peter perhaps pull up a chair outside the door and
0: sit there? (laughs) I could. I could sit there. No. I have a mace. (laughs) And a light crossbow. (laughs)
1: <laughs> what are you expecting <laughs> what kind of a hospital is this
3: <laughs> you have a mace and a cross?
1: in my inventory in your inventory yes but we're, you're not there yet
3: <laughs> oh man i'm sorry but i don't have very much confidence in little peter here
0: <gasps> oh that hurts
1: what are you suggesting then that you stay yes that's
3: exactly what i'm suggesting
1: i am not little uh okay um that that's awfully generous of you i mean it's this is not your concern
3: well it is my concern because arden and and the dwarf arden and the delve are very near
1: that's fine keep going sorry This is a learning experience for all of us. Oh,
3: you're going to edit this. You're going to cut this out. Oh, no, out. this is
1: this is gold. <laughs> what? Okay.
3: Oh. Yeah, I started over because I thought you were going to cut it out. No. Okay. Arden is very near our delve, and I do not like the idea of having an unattended uh, possible madman with a mysterious injury who's obsessed with a spoon down here if if it has to be a dwarf who who watches over his door then I will do it.
1: Uh Physic do you have any objection? And the physic thinks for a moment and, and eventually says no uh, as long as Peter is available to uh, to tend to him to his his uh, to his injury uh, I have no no problems with the dwarf staying. Um that, that That is very kind of you. Not at all. So you uh, you find a chair, mm-hmm. settle yourself down, mm-hmm. and I guess we'll let time pass. And what are you going to be doing in the meantime,
0: Peter? Just I guess <clears throat> I'm also standing outside the door, kind of awkwardly, because, you know, it's just because Tyr is there. I'm just kind of listening in case he makes any noise and needs help. So... You from <laughs> you around like, here? Do you live around
3: here much? You like jazz?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like jazz. <laughs> do you
3: like casserole? <laughs>
0: I know Nelson. this lady.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy.
0: <laughs> I can hook you up with some casserole. All right, so
1: is there anything that you want to chat about while um, you're standing there awkwardly? Have you ever heard of
0: a mushroom casserole? <laughs> uh,
1: Chizik does take his leave. Uh, on Timmins' insistence that there's more to do. So it is just you and Peter. Oh boy. <laughs> and Peter is apparently awestruck or yeah. something.
3: <laughs> have <laughs> that effect on
0: people. Hi. <laughs> Mighty Minnie.
3: You don't have to stand here and watch everything I do. If you I'm not need
0: watching to- what you're doing, I'm here in case the guy needs help.
3: If he needs help, then you're going to need to have supplies ready and you can't get supplies ready standing here by the door. Go off and sort your herbs.
0: I go and get a bag, stuff herbs in it and come back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's going to be a long three hours. I'll say Three to four yes.
1: hours. All right. Uh, so I guess you both kind of sit there on either side of the door in silence for most of that time.
3: I'm not uncomfortable.
1: Sure. What, what are you doing to pass the time?
3: <sighs> Maybe sharpening my axe. <laughs>
1: okay. So I uh, just take sh-
3: out a wedding stone. And all right. Sh-
1: sh- uh, sh- and so you have this constant ksh- sound coming and it's echoing through the the stone hallways.
0: I scoot my chair a little bit. Farther uh. away. <laughs> 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 and then I also uh, sit there. <laughs> okay you just kind you see of see why
3: just... i didn't want this kid hanging around all right? right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of a schlub isn't he <laughs> all right Thanks. so you uh you're you're sitting there when from within you hear
0: sounds of movement i get up suddenly Okay. And may I, I <laughs> my ears twitch. <laughs> I, um,
2: move oh, my wow. <laughs> <laughs> The
0: casserole. <laughs> huh?
2: oh, man, what was, oh, what was in that water? You now have
1: a raging hunger inside you, too. Is fingers. there any
2: more mushroom casserole? <laughs> you didn't eat
1: any in the first place. <laughs> I'll take some of that mushroom casserole, please. All right, it's now kind of congealed, but it's there by your bed. I'm on eating the table. it. All right, I'm so you, it. it's it's now easy to dip into with your uh, fingers. And I opened the door to see Womber Bash hunched <laughs> over the bed, like <laughs> he's squatting on his bed with like bits of mushroom <laughs> casserole hanging off his face. I'm still here.
0: I I see mm. that. Are you? Do you feel alright? I feel, I feel better. I feel better. That's good to hear. Uh, I'll, I'll be right back. Just don't move or anything. i go off to get, visit Comfrey. Com- All right. Comfrey. 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 Yeah. Comfrey. All right, so you go to the quarters where he is
1: uh, busy writing. He's copying a manuscript. He has a wake
2: <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> as he's out, out I've stepped down off of the bed and I've moved closer to the door but when I turn and look, I see there's a dwarf there, mm-hmm. female. female. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just sheepishly go back into the room and yeah. sit down.
1: Boy, everyone's sheepish today.
3: I tell you, not me.
2: <laughs> I goatishly <to laughs> uh, come back in and sit down. Go to second <laughs> <laughs> I, I
3: sh- sh- I I figure <laughs> what even said.
2: I go to sheep.
0: <laughs>
1: Alright, uh, so yeah, you uh, you. See him trying to kind of Mm -hmm. quietly tiptoe out of the room, and as soon as he sees you, he kind of does the tiptoe around in a circle to go back (laughs) in.
0: We're just like reverse, reverse tiptoeing back (laughs) in. Just checking,
1: (laughs) just making sure (laughs) I still have my guard. Like that baby meme where
3: yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the kid runs out.
1: (laughs) What? All right, so uh, uh, yeah, you're you're back sitting, Mm -hmm. or, or you go back in, and now the room does feel very close.
2: Yeah, and I'm licking my uh fingers um trying to get the last <laughs> remnants of uh, my, my finished So you uh, liked it. it was it was it was sufficient. It was it sufficient. smelled weird. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Um, Tira, now that you know he's up, what do you want to do?
3: Um I guess uh I, uh, I still my axe back in my belt or or po- Belt. Yeah. My belt. And, uh, just kind of walk into the room, not aggressively, but not timidly. Just kind Why of walk in. the
2: only peace I get was when I sleep. Can you please leave me alone?
3: I'm sorry. I just.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't talking what? to you.
3: You weren't talking to me. No. I'm the only one here. Who were you talking to?
2: Never mind. It's, it's not important. Um, is there any way I can step outside for some fresh sure? air?
3: If you go outside, I'm coming with you. That's fine. All right, let's go. Maybe while we're out here, you can tell me some more about this forest home of yours.
2: It's wonderful. It's free, and it's unlike this place.
3: No, but where is it?
2: It's in the forest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. Dumb. <laughs> so uh, you have no belongings to gather uh, to go outside. Uh, so you're you're welcome to do that. And Terry, you're just gonna stick with him.
3: I'm sticking with him. I have my I maybe have my hand. Okay. On the axe. Just and,
0: and she's not being subtle about n- this. As yeah. as they're walking out, I come
2: out with the physic.
1: Oh, are are you feeling better?
2: I am feeling I'm feeling much better, but I have an agitated Wonderful. dwarf next to me. I'm not really sure why. I'm not I'm not gonna do anything. I would never hurt anyone. Well before you go, have you eaten in- Yes, I had. The, oh, I had the, the thingy. You can smell casserole was it good? in his breath. It was. It was good. It, it was good. It looked pretty awful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, I didn't make it. Here's Matilda. You're
1: insulting her. I, I know. I've just never thought of a mushroom casserole before. <laughs>
0: uh, that, that. Wow. Uh, maybe hey, we have a new... I, I gave her choice between a
2: soup and a casserole, and she chose a casserole, so... Nowhere around on the ground you saw a spoon at all, by chance. No, and you, we're you asked us already.
1: Uh, no, no spoon. Uh, but we will certainly keep our eyes open. In fact, uh, I'll make sure that I go and talk with with the mayor to make sure that he keeps his eyes open and tells the militia to also be aware.
2: I can only hope it yeah. fell down close to home, Maybe attention all soldiers please keep an eye out for a small
0: silver spoon yep all right uh so we are actually going to stop
1: right here we're going to wrap this episode the actual play we want to thank you for joining us on this first episode of stack of dice welcome to arden and welcome to the world of vardalon uh we do want to say a few quick thank yous before we close out shout out shout out Uh, First of all, we want to thank Rob Irvin from Rob Irvin VoiceOver for his stellar introduction to our first episode. And you'll hear his voice again throughout the series as he's done a shorter intro for subsequent episodes. But thanks, Rob, for your good voice work. And if you're interested, check our show notes for information on how to contact him if you need voice work done for anything that you're doing. Uh, We also want to thank Sweetwater Sound for their... Uh, advice in giving us the right equipment. Uh, we are going to have a special episode that details a lot of these things in in greater detail, but we want to make sure that we say this up front because we're really thankful for the help we've gotten in getting this show started. Uh, so if you're excited about this show, we are, and we're we're having fun already. We have apparently created a new recipe today, uh, but we are looking forward to hearing from you about things you are enjoying already in this show uh check us out on twitter at stack of Dice, and we are happy to hear from you we want to know how the show is going so thanks a lot everyone and we will see you next time as we continue to tell this story together It is about time. Uh, I am Rhett, the DM for Stack of Dice, and this is our first official recording that should go on to be something worth listening to. Let me start that over. That's that's inspiring. (laughs)
0: This is DM the Rhett, and I... uh...
3: It's like like the office when Pam doesn't put Michael through immediately. Sometimes I give him... He does better the second time around. (laughs)